I remember at my grandmother's funeral being so high and it was like, you know, the church, the acoustics in the church, you know, it was like 50 foot ceilings, you know, and the organs and all that. And it was dead quiet. And I remember like sitting there and I kept like nodding out and like passing out. <laughs> and I remember I fell forward and my head hit that pew so hard, man. And it echoed through the whole, the whole place. And I hit my head so hard. It like woke me up and I looked around and everybody was staring at me. And I just got up and left. I was like, I can't. I was like, I, I, I felt like a piece of shit. I'm like, I gotta go. Everyone's fighting a battle that you can't see. I am James and welcome to Focus For You. In this podcast, I will give you tips to overcome the challenges that we all battle with. Welcome back, guys. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up again. I really appreciate it. I keep saying that, but I do. Uh, don't want to get too much bogged down on anything else, but I, when we last left off with Kyle, he had just told us that he had done dope for the first time. And what follows in this story is unbelievable. But it's true. So... We're going to get right back into it. Let's go. Jeez, man. I'm I'm just so glad that you're still here. <laughs> I'm just you so glad. That, you thought this was going to be a story about 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 drinking and pot and and you were like, "Wow." Nope. I no, by no means that I think it, any of that, but um people that use heroin or even um um methamphetamine, they don't they don't they don't normally have a story they don't get a chance to uh tell their story so yeah, um, right about that so the fact that you're sitting here with me today telling your story i i mean i i i know i opened the show with this but i'm i'm so serious about it man i'm i'm it's it's a blessing it's an honor it's a privilege man that you're still here and you're telling me about this man so um, I applaud everything that you're doing to stay sober and stay on this path, man. So I want to keep going. I, I don't know if you if you're good with this, but I want to keep going with what yeah, you got I mean, here. This is where it gets. This is now it's on. You know what I mean? Now it's on. Now it's on, dude. I mean, so <laughs> so now so now now I'm doing dope. And now and you're doing dope. Doing dope. I, I so so let me ask you this for for people. I, I I've always tried to kind of. I, I want to know what it is to do dope without doing dope. Like where, what is that high? Where's that, that, that pinnacle? I know on TV, they try to like portray it to us and try to give us a, a better understanding. But for somebody Man, that it's just like a warm, fuzzy, you know, haze that you're in, um, from your head to your toes, head to your toes. It's, it's very instant no matter if you're shooting, sniffing, eat, whatever you're doing, it's very instant and it just takes over and you get like a very comfortable, I mean, when I tell you it takes away and I'm not promoting this to, you know, I'm not trying to, yeah, don't do drugs people. Thing, but don't do drugs. 
right don't do drugs i don't ever glorify um drug use i'll i'll keep it real and say what happened but i, I don't ever want to glorify it but no by no means you feel great man i mean if, if you got a stomachache it's gone if you got if you if you can't sleep you can sleep if you if you don't want to sleep you can stay up if if you're you know, it just cures everything. It feels like you just feel comfortable. Like you're just so comfortable wherever you're at. Um, and it probably just because it numbs you out. But, you know, anything you're thinking about, anything is just all gone. It's just all gone. It's just instant, like a like a pacifier. Wow. Yeah. I can I could totally I could totally see why people would do that, because from what you're telling me, it's just like from the second I take that, I, I can escape everything that I ever have a problem with in my life for however long that I can stay high for. Yeah. The, the issue though, is that at some point you're physically addicted and, and then you don't even feel normal without that drug. Right. You know, so you're, 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 you're waking up in the morning sick and you're taking it just to be normal. That high only lasts, you know, maybe a few years or whatever. And then after that, you're just chasing that high forever and you're never going to catch it again. You know what I mean? You're never going to get back to that first high. It, it's never going to happen. Ever. Yeah. I, I, that's, I mean, that's the um, mantra that comes with doing dope. And that's what I hear from, you know, countless stories. I mean, we've seen documentaries and uh, we've heard people talk about it, but um that's what the the number one thing that they say is that you never ch- you never catch that high and all you do while you use is chase. You're never satisfied, ever. And, and yo, back back to what I was saying before with mental illness, like you know, uh, OCD. A lot of people when they think OCD, they they think you know, uh, organizing your teacups and shaving all your body hair and like touching the doorknob six times before you leave the house. But really OCD means it's obsessive compulsive. So you're, you're doing something, you're, 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 you have a behavior that you do to feel or soothe something else to make you feel a certain way. You know, that's where the obsessiveness comes in. And, and that's where I think like the drug addiction and, and the mental illness really kind of is the same. You know, because you're doing something for a certain result all the time, constantly, where you feel that if you're not doing it, then you're like out of your element or you're not comfortable or whatever. You know? Wow. You got me stuck right now. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about what you're saying, like, like legit, like, uh, I, I, man, I guess, I guess we all have some kind of form of addiction yeah. And, and man, I, I haven't had some, yeah. I, I now in, in recovery, like sober, still chase shit. And I have friends that we joke about this with. I still chase shit, man. I still chase shit like I'm chasing a drug dealer, like I'm chasing a high, like I'm chasing, you know, a girl. Like I still chase things in that same like addiction mentality to this day. And it's like my, one of my biggest flaws, man. You know, it, it could be uh, computer parts or, you know, money at work or, but I still like obsessively chase things. It's just not drugs. Well, I'm glad it's not drugs. Uh, right. not, I, well, I shouldn't say that. Well, yeah, I'm saying it's glad it's not drugs, but um, 
as long as you're chasing something that is going to be uh like a healthy outcome yeah no but people get wrapped up in that chase though man no i can tell people get wrapped up in that chase um so i wanted to ask you something about your friends and how long did your friends kind of use with you or did you strafe and use by yourself or did this thing kind of right. carry on with you guys so like so the house you know I'm, I'm i'm doing the pills i'm doing the dope you know you know once in a while but like i said once i started doing that it was pretty much game over there was probably like a, a little period of time where there was like maybe i felt guilty about the dope for like a week or two so i would kind of not use it but once i like accepted that it was better and cheaper i was just you know the pills were out and once i did that that was like the deal breaker for a lot of my friends, you know, and now I'm in the sick place where I'm trying to convince them that it's okay. Like someone convinced me, you know what I mean? Wow. Like, Hey dude, this is fucking cheaper. This is easier to get. Why wouldn't you do it? You know? Yeah. Because I don't want, you know, misery loves company, man. I don't want to be alone. Just nobody wants to be alone. Right. So now, you know, I, and I had a couple friends that I did convince that I did use with, they weren't as hardcore as me though. And they had, they had more breaks on the situation than I did. But, um, once I started doing that, um, quickly, quickly, I started becoming a wreck at my job. My relationships fell apart. My bills start, you know, stopped getting paid as much. Uh, some of my friends that lived with me, um, started moving out, um, except for the one dude that was like using with me, you know? Um, I remember this is like a lot, like I have like a period of like 15 years where my memory's real foggy and unless I'm like reminded of something or thinking about it, yeah. it's fuzzy. It's fuzzy to me. But, um, so I had a friend that would come over the house and drink and he'd come over. They were like a high school couple that actually they're married now with teenage kids. It's crazy. But, um, friends from when I was younger, she was very responsible. And I remember being in my basement and she was like a bank. She had like a bank job, like a finance type job. Uh-huh. And I said to her, Hey, can you help me like pay my bills? And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm just bad at like my checkbook and really I'm just irresponsible and don't have money. But I figured if I could get some help, like kind of structuring, you know, my budget, then I'd have an easier time doing it. Um, when realistically just my money was just all going to drugs. Right. So she, I go downstairs in the basement and we're kind of talking one-on-one and this is like one of those like climax moments or like times where you look back and you say, yeah, this is where shit changed is right here where I sat down and I'm, we're talking and she's making a budget for me and I'm watching her add these numbers. And I'm just thinking like, I don't see drugs in there. Like, I don't know how I'm going to afford any of this because drugs are expensive. And, uh, I didn't say anything to her for a few minutes. And then I just kind of broke down and I was like, I, I gotta be honest with you. Like I can't function without drugs. I can't shit. I can't brush my teeth. I can't go to work. I can't have sex. I can't do anything at this point without drugs. And she's like, she's like, dude, you, you don't need an accountant. You need a doctor or rehab, you know? Yeah. I think that was the first time ever that like I, the words came out of my mouth that maybe I have a problem. Wow. So yeah. 
so naturally, I know you kind of totally ignored that, but what was going through your head at that point? No, I was scared, dude. I was like, because like I admitted it out loud in front of somebody. And somebody, kinda, obviously you trusted somebody in your circle. Yeah, yes. Yeah, definitely. She was going to do my finances. I mean, she's a good friend of mine. Um, I don't think she realizes the, the impact of that moment and time the way I still remember it. But that was like a lot of weight came off my chest. Like, damn dude, I have a fucking problem. And I just admitted it finally. Like, it's not your fault. It's not my mom's fault. It's not anyone. Like, this is real. Yeah. It sounds very real. Now, yeah. from that point, did you get clean or did you keep going no, using? No, no, no. So none of the bills got paid. The house goes, like, almost into foreclosure. Um, I'm a mess. My grass is 16 inches tall. Um, <laughs> I got fired from my job. Um, all my roommates moved out, but one and the other one that moved out left his dog and I had a dog. So there's two dogs and me in this house. It's destroyed. It's empty. I was so bad at like life at this point that I remember going down the hallway and open up the door and I couldn't even take care of the dogs. Like there was dog shit everywhere. Like I would leave the dogs in the room and you know, when I would go do my thing and, uh, you know, I'd take them out. Like I didn't abuse them or anything, but like they weren't getting love and attention or anything like that, you know? And I, and I remember there's like dog shit in the room and, and my house was just nasty. And I, you know, I said, I can't take care of these animals. I can't take care of myself. So I ended up giving the dogs to a friend. Um, and I ended up selling the house by the skin of my teeth. Um, I sold the house pretty quickly and, uh, and I moved home with my mother who I, you know, I, I've been on my own a few years now. So I moved home with my mother Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm using, like I'm a train wreck. What? And like, what did that, did that, that have a strain on your relationship with her? Well, you know, the first time, I don't know if you've ever dealt with like loved ones and addiction, but it's super hard because like you want to like help somebody, but how many times like can they burn you or can they lie to you or keep using before you finally say, listen, I, I just can't, I can't do this with you no more. It's, it's, it's hard to get to that point. Um, and that's where my mother was with me quickly. You know, she let me move in at home and, you know, I was having like weird people over the house and I was lying to her and, um, you know, I was living in the basement uh, you know, stealing shit around the house. Um, just toxic, man. Toxic. My brothers were still, you know, not too old. I mean, they were, I don't know. One was probably 12, 13 and one was 18 maybe, you know, but they were in the house and my dad was still sick. Uh, you know, he had cancer. He, so he was still sick. My mom was still working those jobs. And I was just like in the basement, like being a junkie, like not participating, not being productive, you know, putting the whole household at risk all the time. Yeah. You put everybody at risk all the time with that. Yeah, right. definitely. Man. Right. I, could, I could tell you stories like just, just crazy people that were at the house and situations that I put my family in. Um, you know, finally they're like, you got to go. 
you know, my brother's like, you got to go. Um, you know, I'm, there's a couple, two occasions, actually, I almost burned the house down. Jeez. Um, yeah, that was terrible. It was terrible. You know, and my brothers are like, you know, you got to go. So I left. So on the exit of your family with the family dynamic, you, you didn't have any family when you left. If you, I mean, in um, a sense, in a sense, right. You didn't have anybody kind of supporting. They were like, they were like, listen, man, we'll do anything for you. Um, but if you're going to choose to die, like you're not doing it here. Like it's it, like, you know, you know, I, I'm leaving out big chunks, man. They, they, I tried detox. I've been to a lot of detoxes. They brought me to detoxes and, and, and programs. Um, and I just never took it seriously. So they did offer a lot of help for a long time before it got to that point. You know, it wasn't just like, see you later. Like there was a lot of, listen, I go to, I go to a detox and I'd be there, you know, three, four days and they'd let you get a visit. My mom would like drive to, to Harford and, you know, bring me like a little bit of food and maybe some sweatpants or something and be all excited to see me. And, uh, I tell her all this bullshit, man. And I, you know, three or four days later, I would just leave. Bullshit. Like bullshit. Like, um, you're doing good. Yeah. Like, Oh mom, it makes sense this time. Uh, you know, I'm learning. I, 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 I got it under control and you know, just lies, man. I, I didn't take it seriously. Is there any particular reason why you didn't take it seriously? Because you wanted to get out and use again, or you just, or you just weren't weren't ready? Well, yeah, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready at all. When I left their house, um, now I'm unemployed. You know, I don't have shit. I don't think I have a vehicle. Um, I had, I was there for about a year. Uh, I I call it holding them hostage. You know, I, I held them hostage for a year taking their cars, taking their money, just putting them in fucked up situations. You know, everybody's on edge. Um, everybody's watching you. Everybody's watching me, man. It's a volatile situation. And I'm just like, what do you guys mean? Like, I'm just, I'm just down in my room. Like, leave me alone. You know, <laughs> it's just, listen, man, you, you, you know what's going on, you know? Yeah. They're not dumb. They're not dumb. And they've seen this. You're, now you're talking like four or five years into it. So they, they see, you know, so I, anyway, I leave and, um, it's about what, 2002 ish, 2003 ish. And that when I left started about a six or seven year run of pretty much homelessness. And Wait, that's you were homeless. Yeah, man floating around um in the streets on people's couches in and out of programs um stuff like that for for about five or six years and that's where like every time i tell you like this is where it changed it got worse like you think it can't get worse it, it does it gets a lot worse each dude time. i'm kind of I'm, I'm like i don't like i don't even know where this 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 quest is going dude we've been doing this for an hour and now we're just getting to the point where you're homeless yeah, that's why I said to you before. I said, what, "You want this watered down version, or no, you know, no, you don't story." I mean, no, don't water this down at all, bro. By no means, I can chop this up for two episodes. 
yeah, I mean, I'd like to get into some recovery too. I mean, because yeah, not yeah, all, that's I definitely want to get into recovery that's too. The point of this, you know, and, yeah, absolutely. But but yeah, just, people just people also need to understand where you're coming from too. To, to, definitely. To, yeah. Yeah. So you know, I I'm floating around in the streets. I'm 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 staying. Are you all right? So in the streets, where are you? Are you in Hartford? So I bounce around between between Springfield and Hartford a lot. Okay. Um. You know, I would only hang out with drug addicts because, I mean, they know how to get the drugs. Yeah, like who's gonna hang out with a, with a dope fiend if you're not a dope fiend? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, would you just hang out with? Would you be like, oh, I'm having my boy over? Don't he's a heroin addict? Don't it's okay though. No, like, it just doesn't happen like that. No, because I mean, not for nothing, they come with astigmatism, and and majority of the time, it's not far from the truth. Like sure, true. sure, sure. They can come over and hang out for a little bit, but they might be casing your place to rob you so they can right. make Definitely. the next fix. Definitely. And I, I wasn't ever into like physically harming people for, for money. Like that wasn't my thing. Um, not judging. I mean, I am, ju- you know, I know it's wrong. I just, I know a lot of people go down that path. I, I was fortunate enough not to, is what I'm saying. Um, you know, that wasn't really my deal, but you know, <laughs> yeah it's it's i'm just trying to like think in my head like where i'm at at this point and yeah i just i hit the streets man i i started staying with some people you know we get hotel rooms hustle up enough money to like kind of you know i did the hotel room thing for a long time or uh you know you find a a girlfriend and we would use together like you know bonnie and clyde type shit and just kind of get by yeah you know, live, live, I, I stayed with a girl with her mother at her house for a few, like a year or two, um, you know, just terrorizing that household. The um, both of you or just you? Nah, me and her, we're, we're both using, um, it's actually was a girl that I met in a program <laughs> and that's a funny thing too, man. You know, you go to these programs and, and people in Narcotics Anonymous, they suggest that you don't get in a relationship for about a year until you have some clarity. Um, and you know, at the time you're like, yeah, right. That'll never happen. But when you really get it and you're really clean and things start clicking, it actually makes a lot of sense because you come off from a place where like, you don't even know who you are at all. You know, you've been in like a freaking like frozen for 10 years. And it's like, you just thaw out and you're like, Hey, you know, you don't know shit about yourself. So to, to kind of get involved with someone else is it's not going to be for the right reasons. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I could, I could completely see where people shouldn't kind of be together because you don't know who you are. You don't know what kind of energy you present. And I also heard somewhere that you, you probably shouldn't date somebody that's um, trying to recover too. Yeah, that's if you're if you're recovering as well. That's not a good idea, in my opinion. Um, a lot of people when they start going to NA um, or AA, uh, they meet someone in there because that's your world now. And a lot of let's face it, people date in their world. They date at their job. Yeah, you know, they date a friend's friend. Right. You know, so when you're you know that's how you meet people, and especially if you're clean, you're like not going to bars or anything. You're not like hanging out socially as much. So it's like, where do you meet people? So people hook up in there and, and you know, there's, they, there's a saying, they say like something like, 
you know, if you reach your arm down to help someone up, the chance of them pulling you down is, is greater. You know what I mean? Wow. So you got to think of it like that. Like you got two unstable people and one of them's, one of them's bound the fuck up. And when one does, the other one's probably going to go with them. Yeah. You know? It doesn't, it doesn't, um, have a load of uh, stability or confidence in that. Nah, no. You know, I had a couple pretty unsuccessful relationships right when I got clean. Um, luckily, I didn't use or anything, but I wasn't ready at the time to to, to kind of date. Um, I was I was thinking before that when you were saying about like the stigmatism of having like a junkie over. Uh, it that's the problem too, like. I know some guys that are alcoholics and they have a tough battle because it's okay if I'm an alcoholic for me to come to your house and drink. It's cool. It's socially acceptable. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. Where if I come to your house to play spades and I pull out a crack pipe, like that's wild. Yeah. It's it's a big red flag, a big no, no, big red flag. Right. So alcoholics have a, a real tough time with their battle for that reason, because like, it's everywhere. Like go to the store and buy it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's the stipulation on, on, on drug addicts. It's socially acceptable. Socially acceptable. Right. So it's just, it's a different battle, but it's, you know, it's the same battle, but it's, it's, it's got different, different rules. So, um, you're homeless bouncing in and out of recovery. Um, what, what 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 was it that triggered you into finally saying I had enough? Well, so for about five years after that, um, I went. I was kind of in the streets for a few years uh, in Springfield, you know, shelters and and just kind of like walking around the streets and and just crashing with people and you know the strip clubs and the hotels and like that whole kind of <laughs> dark seedy situation you know and uh with nothing like literally nothing and it sucked man and winters are cold here and yeah they are it's it's rough you know and i did that for a few years um you know we yeah you like and you probably had to did that during some of the most like prolific snowstorms that we had in the east brutal brutal wow i yeah i mean just feet wet all the time frozen i got this leather jacket that i walked around springfield for like two and a half years in and i won't throw it away it's in my closet still like this jacket's out of style it's like a thick leather jacket and every time i like go to clean up i want to throw that jacket out and i'm like dude i can't throw it out (laughs) like that thing kept me alive for two or three years yeah plus that also reminds you of a time where you weren't at the best you you could be either yeah i mean just pure shit yeah if i buildings tents junkies you know projects just homeless shit you know just homeless shit bad you know go to detox come out do the same shit over and over and over and over and and not ever really trying to get clean like knowing i want to get clean but never actually putting any type of effort into it because i was under the assumption that i would like go to detox one day and it would just click and that's not how it works ever you know um so i just kept i just stayed out there and and, you know i call my mother once in a while 
you know, try to get a few bucks off for her or whatever. And, you know, that got old quick. Um, during this whole process, my father, well, actually, I ended up meeting a girl in a program and we, we did the 30 or 60 day program or whatever it was. And I didn't really have anywhere to go. So, oh, I went to a halfway house near, near her house. She went home and I went to this halfway house and I was in the halfway house for about a, about a month clean. That was the longest I'd ever been clean was a month. And, uh, one day I could just tell she was high. I could just tell, you know, we were, you know, going to each other's houses on the weekends or whatever. And, and I could just see that like glimmer in her eyes that she was like kind of nodding out a little bit and she was, yeah. high. and the second I saw that like fuzzy feeling going on in her head, that warm, fuzzy feeling she had, I just wanted it. And boom, I started using right again, like right away, right away. And I went back to the sober house that night and I came in the door and he was like, I need a urine. You look high. And I just looked at him and I said, you know what, man, I am like, I'm not even going to, not even going to bother peeing in this cup. Like, just what, what do you want to do? And he's like, well, you got to go. So I packed my shit and I moved in with her, <laughs> went to her house. Of course. Yep. And, uh, and we, you know, I had a little, a little roof over my head and, you know, I actually staying up with her. I got a job, um, had like a labor job for a while and, um, I got a method on maintenance, you know, to, uh, to try to stop using. And I was on the methadone for like a year or two but I was just using other drugs instead. You know what I mean? I never got clean on it. What other drugs? Like lesser? Like opiates? Yeah, like, like we were doing coke and I got into Xanax for a little while, which is pretty pretty deadly when you're on methadone. Um, and wow, I just man. never I never got clean, man. I just, the, and the methadone itself is a rough, rough drug. You know, it's, in my opinion, it's not a good way to get clean. It's just kind of like a replacement. Wow, dude. I, 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 You're like, dude, I don't even know you right now, right? Like, no, no, not that I don't know you. Like, how are you alive? Like, holy yeah. Santa Claus shit, dude. Yeah. I remember being in the methadone clinic in the line because they, they bust you in, like, they bust you into the clinic and then you wait in line. You just, like, wait in this long-ass line of just, like, junkies and fucking street people and, you know, they'd be like, one or two guys are like are legit and doing the right thing, but it's just it's just a whole line full of fucking idiots like myself, you know. And you wait there for them to give you this little this little cup, and you drink the cup. You got to go there every day, and uh, it's just all addicts, and and not many of them are clean where I was going anyway. And uh, I remember being so high in the line. You know, they'd kick me out. They'd be like, we can't even give you this medication, man. You'll die. You're 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 on so many drugs right now. Like, we can't legally dose you today. Wow. You know, and <laughs> and, and I'd be like, all right. And you know, I'd get kicked out of there and and just go and just, get high. Just go and get high, and it's just the same shit, dude, over and over and over and over. And um, yeah. I mean, there's so many horror stories in in between all this happening. I'm really not trying to touch on too much, but just kind of give you an overview of just the shit show that goes along with it, you know? So, dude, this is more than enough. I'm because I'm sitting here baffled. I'm sitting here just like over the top, like you, you like my hands 
or and like my head is in my hands <laughs> as I'm listening to this because if I understand this correctly, Kyle, you should be dead. Yeah, definitely. If I definitely. if I'm grasping this story correctly, and I'm not saying this to to say it like lightly, but like in a serious notion, like most people would not have made it through what you've made it through. So <laughs> I'm not normally lost for words when it comes to things like this, but man, you've got me in a place where I'm not really familiar with. So, yeah, and I, I can't say this enough, wild. but I, I can't, I can't thank you enough for sharing this. I can't thank you enough. With the end of part two, Kyle has taken us to this point where we're all sitting here wondering, how is this guy still with us? How is this guy still telling the story? So I can't help but to always think about like how blessed and how fortunate and how lucky we are when we get a chance, a second chance, even a third chance. I mean, I don't know how many chances Kyle actually had, but he had more opportunities and more chances to get on this side so you can hear his story. So Stay tuned for part three as we talk about recovery, how we talk about the things that helped him step into sobriety and the things that make all of us human. Hey guys, thanks for stopping by again today and pressing play with me. I really appreciate you. I really have a great value for every one of your likes, every one of your downloads, every one of your subscriptions, every one of your retweets. I appreciate all of that. So make sure that you guys are on my Facebook being active. That's Focus For You, the podcast, and on my Twitter page at Focus underscore For You. So get out there. I want to hear from you. Let's keep doing this. Until next time, focus for you.